0: sing this again. Oh Lord my God. Oh Lord my God, in you I put my trust. Christian traditions um, is something called the O Antiphons. And the O Antiphons are actually um, small little choruses that are sung that the church sung to each other a cappella. And they would actually do it in two parts. Uh, one side would sing and then the other side would sing. And they would s- kind of an- one, ans- one call and one response. One say one thing and the other would answer. And we're not going to do that this morning. But we are going to read the O antiphons, and there are seven of them, and they're going to be projected. I think, I hope, um, and, but then we're going to read them, and then we're going to sing a song that we're all familiar with: "O Come, O Come, Emmanuel." That is actually based on the <coughs> O antiphons. Okay, so just a little bit of our Christian tradition and heritage. All right, let's read it together. O the O antiphons. It begins with "O Wisdom." Okay, ready? One, two, three. O Wisdom, o wisdom of, of our God, God Most High. high guiding creation with power and love, come, come to teach us the path of knowledge. O leader of the house of Israel, giver of the law to Moses on Sinai, come to rescue us with your mighty power. O root of Jesse, stem, sign of God's love for all his people, come to save us without delay. O key of David, opening the, the gates of God's, God's eternal, eternal kingdom. Come and free the prisoners, prisoners of darkness. O radiant dawn, splendor of eternal light, sun of, justice, light. Sun, of justice, sun of justice, come and shine on those who dwell in darkness and in, in the shadow of death. death. O, o king, king of all nations and keystone of the church, come and, and save man whom you formed from, from the dust. dust. And lastly, O Emmanuel, our King and Giver of Law, come to save us, Lord
1: our God. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive. that mourns in love Disperse the gloomy clouds joy
0: creation justice there
1: will be justice all will be new your name forever faithful and true Jesus is coming soon like a bride like a bride waiting for a groom will be a church ready for Jesus come even so come Lord Jesus come so we were
0: look forward to that time when we see you face to face amen and amen let's give a clap offering to the lord
2: okay good morning harvest community church how was your thanksgiving <laughs> it sounds like there's a, a lot of people with turkey coma right i mean that L-tryptophan is in your system. Okay, so let's try to counteract that by welcoming welcoming each other. Okay, so let's try that again. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Oh, all right. Everyone's awake now. All right. Let's let's turn to the announcements. The first thing there's a there's a handout um, in your bulletins, and it's um, on a Sabbath way of of um, Christmas giving. And leaders of the church really want to encourage um, members of the church not to pe- feel obligated to give gifts to each other, but instead another way to, to um, you know, share in giving gifts is to give through um, one of these um, various ministries. There's Samaritan's Purse, World Vision, Families Forward, and what we're encouraged to do is give a gift on behalf of another person, another friend or family member, to one of these organizations. And um, that, that's, that's really a great way to, um, you know, um, celebrate Christmas and really practice Sabbath way of giving. So there's um, some catalogs in the back, I think, for Samaritan's Purse. There's also a number of um, uh, websites that you can go to. And then if you haven't yet taken pictures for the Harvest Directory, uh, there, um, we're continuing to take pictures. You can also update your contact information. This is going to be the last week to sign up for Operation Christmas Child warehouse volunteering, so if you wanted, if you want to do that, I think I think the first um, opportunity is this Tuesday. There's there's um, ups for this Tuesday, but if you wanted, if you want to do that, you can either contact La- Carol or I think there's a sign up in the back. And then um, on Sunday, December twenty fifth, and also Sunday. January 1st, we're, we're going to be holding services at the Atrium Hotel in Irvine. How many of you have showed up somewhere where, like, maybe maybe a day that something's closed? or? We don't want you to do that, all right? <laughs> don't come here on, on December 25th or January 1st. It's, services are going to be held at the Atrium Hotel. So the address is um, in the bulletin. Uh, seniors are going to have Bible study on Thursday, December 1st. Um, at 1215 at Irvine Presbyterian Church. And then the park is going to have a special outing with um, their small groups on Saturday, December 3rd. Please contact your small group leader for the time and location. And then is Margaret here? Okay. You want to come up and...
3: Okay. Happy belated Thanksgiving. Hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. Um, you know, holidays are a great time, but also their holidays can be really hard for those who are experiencing loss or even missing um, different aspects of their lives. And so we in Harvest are really thinking through those of us, even here, who who are so busy and even trying to survive Christmas or the holidays but it's really those of us who've experienced loss of a loved one or even um, a loss of a job or loss of uh, even just um, health or different things and so we wanted to just slow it down so that there's there's a chance for us to fellowship in that and um, someone once said this that change every change is a loss. What that means is that even if it's major change or small change, that we experience the loss. And the thing that we do usually is that we kind of busy ourselves or we survive it or we try to, you know, figure out, oh, how am I going to make it through? How am I going to do this? Instead of slowing it down and processing it in community or with God. And so what we want to do, what the deacons and elders want to do is provide a space for those of us who are experiencing loss this holiday, those of us who may be missing a loved one, Um, And so we want to provide that space of fellowship luncheon, December 4th. That's this coming Sunday, right? Sunday, right after church. And it'll just be a time, just casual fellowship. And you'll be able to, like, fellowship and hear others who are going through the same things that you might be experiencing. Or even if you want to share how you're doing. We really wanted to just... Uh, come alongside those of us who are experiencing loss and really come alongside and fellowship with you and know how to pray for you. And if you are one of those people, please come up to me and uh, tell me how we can serve you and even how we can pray for you. So please come and join us. And if you know friends who are really struggling with the loss of a loved one or experiencing life changes right now, please invite them and join us. So December 4th, Sunday, right after church. And the location will be announced next Sunday. But it will be from about 1130 to about 115. And we promise you that we'll just be with you and just sit with you and pray for you. And that's really all that we want is that you know that you're not alone as you're going through the loss and experiencing uh, sadness or whatever you're experiencing, that you're not alone and that God is with us and that we're in community and we want to support you. So join us and bring a friend
2: okay thank you margaret okay continue with our uh, announcements um on wednesday december 7th Uh, prayer circle is going to be at the Liao's. and then there's also another handout in your bulletins on the couples garden that's going to be coming up um on friday december december 9th it's going to be at deerfield community park so rsvp donna donna geese if you're interested in that and then also mark your calendars for Saturday, December seventeenth, where we're going to be doing our annual uh, trip to Mexicali. Um, and if you're interested in more more information, then you can talk to to Al Huishi. So um, today, Pastor Curtis is going to be starting a new um, series that's that's going to last for the next year, and it's called um, Living the Christian Year. And um, you know, I know that all of us are, are busy with our lives and. You know, like yesterday is a good example. You know, um, having um, Black Friday, right? And how you know all of the um, marketing companies and all of the all the retailers are are out to really get you to go out and shop. And you know, we spend our lives, you know, being so busy with with these things like you know going out shopping in Good Friday and and just doing our daily tasks that we we oftentimes tend to forget that there's a bigger story, there's a bigger purpose. And that's God's story. And that's God's purposes. And we the only way to really live a really fulfilled life is to is to live within God's story. So that's, that's what um, part of what uh, this, this series is going to be this year. So I'm going to have Curtis come up. Thank you, Dwayne. So I'm going to have...
4: Um, as we begin this series, there's just a couple of things that are going to be different about it, and that I want you to be you know well prepared for so one thing, uh, well, this is not different, but we everybody will need it will be, it will be benefited if you have a bulletin and an outline so does anybody need one? We need some here. could you could you help me it? Thank you so raise your hand if you need it, and uh, those who you'll get it from and so The other thing is that if you look on the back of your outline, the very back of it, once you get it, you'll see uh, that there will be the descriptions and the locations of where you'll be able to find the lessons in the book. So this is the book, Living the Christian Year. And the way you can uh, order it is either online or at your bookstore. And uh, you see the name of it there in the printer. And then the lesson, if you look on the back, you'll see there on pages 13 to 32 for the introduction of understanding what is a Christian year, what is sacred time, and then you can look also if you have the Kindle app, you'll be able to look there and then it tells you it's on location 95. So those will be things that will help us as we go through the series because it's not just about a sermon. It's not just about what we get on Sunday. Uh, We know this, right? We don't eat one day a week. We don't eat one meal a week. And so if we only came and we got God's word one day a week on Sunday morning, we'd starve. And God wants us to be able to walk with him every day. So as we walk through the Christian year, we walk through the Christian year day by day. And so within the book here, you'll have devotions that you'll be able to follow. And the devotions for this week are found on the week one of Advent. And that would be on pages 49 through 51 in the book. And you would be able to follow along there. And you would see that some of the things that you'll read there will be reinforced by the sermon. And so it will be an added benefit for us that not only do we hear God's word on Sunday, but we continue to chew on it. We continue to marinate in it and continue to learn about God's will as we walk with him every day of the year. And I think this is going to be a very transforming time in our church and in our lives. And the other thing that is going to be different um, regarding our sermon series is that I'm not going to print, we're not going to print for you the Bible verses anymore, so no more crib notes. Uh, we're not going to put them up on the, on the screen either. Uh, you're going to have to bring a Bible, and if you remember what that is, uh, it looks kind of like this, and um, they actually have some on the inside aisle, so if the person's sitting closest to the inside aisle, we just pass the books down, and if you don't have one, um, you, want, you can keep this one, but I really encourage you that if you have a Bible at home um, that you would like to write in, you'd like to highlight, be sure to bring your Bible on Sunday, and then you'll be able to find it in God's Word when you go home as well. And so these are the things that are going to be reminding you of over the coming week, because I know it's going to be something new, but we believe it's going to be something very good. So as we begin this series, um, it's come Lord Jesus is our first message. Do we have it? And Jesus, as we sang about, is coming. And we understand this through Advent. But it's more than just the coming of the nativity. There is a second coming of which Jesus is coming to join us in. And so I want to pray for us that we would understand all that this means for us today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father. We thank you for your love for us that goes beyond bounds, goes beyond understanding, goes beyond words, and yet is received by faith. It is something that fills our hearts with words that go beyond this world and go into eternity. They are praises, they are songs, but most of all it is a relationship with you. So, Father, we pray that even as you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, into this world so long ago, and even as you created the world even longer ago, but even as you promise us an eternity that will never end, that we would come to you now, our Creator, our Redeemer, our God, our eternal Lord. Speak to us today, Father, we pray, that we might understand and long for Jesus, for this is the meaning of Advent. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Um, Many of you have read the books of the Chronicles of Narnia, and many of us have seen the movie The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and this is a book that is a wonderful story and a retelling of the gospel. It helps us to understand the love that God has for the world, and in this story, if you go into the story, you'll see that the people, the humans who enter in this story are called the sons of Adam or the daughters of Eve. And so we understand that we came from a beginning of a creation. And this creation in the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe was created by a great lion named Aslan. And I believe that Aslan represents Jesus. Although C.S. Lewis doesn't always say that if they ask him, most people know that that's who he's referring to. And so Aslan has created this wonderful world, but evil has invaded the world. And as they enter into the land of Narnia, which is the land that we would just call our earth, there is winter. And it is a winter that is never ending. It is a winter that never has Christmas. And in it, there is an evil witch. And this evil white witch is always fighting against that which is good. And she seeks to destroy that which is good. And she seems to have control over this winter that never seems to end. And yet the animals that live there and the humans that enter into it, they begin to long for that winter to end. And that's the story of Advent. In Advent, we begin by wanting to see winter to end, the end of the things that are cold, the end of the things that are frozen, the end of the things that are bad, the things that hurt us, the things that assail us, the things that lead to emptiness within us and a hopelessness as the people once had in Narnia when the White Witch was in great control. But now, as Aslan is on the move and as Aslan is coming, there is the hope that all of the seasons will come back that winter will end and spring will come and summer and fall as well. And this is a great story. And as we enter into Advent, we are entering into an adventure. The word Advent comes from two words. One word is coming and the other word is towards. A coming towards or an arrival. It's coming into a place. And the word adventure comes from the word Advent. And so when we are in adventure, we are going to a place, we are working our way through a place, and all adventures have drama. If there's no drama, it's no fun. There's highs and there's lows, there's ups and there's downs, there's ins and there's outs, there's things that we understand, and there's things that totally befuddle us. But there are times when we go through the darkest times that we think, oh my gosh, winter will never end. Winter will never end. But Advent is the promise that no matter what winter you ever enter, no matter what trial you ever go through, no matter what evil may ever assail you, it will end. It will, because Jesus is coming. And so the Christian year, as Pastor Jerry said, begins today, the first Sunday of Advent. Why? Because it's the celebration of the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so the Christian year is the following of Christ throughout the year. It's participating in the events of the life of Jesus so that we enter into the story, into the drama. We enter in as living characters who aren't just watching but who are participating. And as we go through this drama and as we follow the life of Jesus, we develop a rhythm of life because it always circles, right? Doesn't it seem like we were just getting ready for Christmas not that long ago in 2015? And when it came in 2015, we thought, oh my goodness, it wasn't that long ago until it was when it was 2014 or 2013 or 2012 or 2011 or 2010 and all the way down. It seems like time just gets faster and faster and faster. But when we celebrate the Christian year, instead of seeing it linearly like something is lost, what we see is circle building upon circle, life building upon life. So what happened in 2010? is there as the foundation of 2011. And what happened in 2015 is the foundation of 2016. And what's happening now is the foundation of what will happen next year. And we continue to build our lives upon the events of Jesus. And instead of losing them, we're building them. Instead of it being something of the past, it's always something of the present. Instead of being something that is lost, it's something that we shall always find forever and ever. Because that which is of Jesus will never die. And that which is of Jesus will last eternally. And so as we walk with the Lord, we go through these seasons. And there's seven of them. There's a sequence of seven seasons in the Christian year. If you look at your outline, you'll see those seven. Their Advent, of course, is what we're celebrating now. And this will continue for the next four weeks. And then there will become Christmas. And Christmas is the coming of the Savior. After Christmas will come the season of Epiphany, which is the season of light and of manifestation of Jesus to all the world, not just to those in Nazareth, not just to those in Israel, but those in every land of the world. And then we will walk with Jesus as he walks towards the cross at Lent. We will experience what is called the Pasco Tridium, Triduum meaning three days. Those three days of Jesus' suffering as he began to walk towards the cross As he began to work with his disciples towards that day that he would be killed. We begin with Maundy Thursday and it goes to Good Friday. And it goes through Holy Saturday. It starts Thursday night and it ends on Sunday night. So we even experience Easter. And Easter then is that great celebration of weeks for us. To celebrate what God has done in the most important and crucial event of our Christian faith. And that is the resurrection of Jesus that gives us the life and the hope. The reason why we have Christmas is Easter. If we didn't have Easter, Christmas wouldn't matter. But Easter did come, and Jesus was resurrected. And then Jesus came back to life, and he showed himself to his disciples. He showed himself to the believers. And then the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost and inaugurated the life of the church. And then there enters into that unique time called Ordinary Time, which really for us is very real because it's all that another time of our life where we are struggling through the ups and the downs, the times when there is seemingly no celebration, the times when we're living through challenges in our families, challenges in our jobs, challenges at school, where we're feeling that loneliness, where we're feeling that exhilaration of joy, where God is with us in the ordinary events of life. So much of what we go through is that way. And we will celebrate it. And so in our book that we have, Living the Christian Year by Bobby Gross, God will help us to see how we are able to come to him every day. And if you look at the book, you'll see there are three things that we can do every day to spend time with God. And it'll be the same as you read each week in each devotion. And the three things are this. We approach God. Approach God. And then we listen to God. And after we have approached God and after we have heard the Lord, then we respond to him. But when we approach the Lord, what's so important is that we approach him appropriately. We are to quiet ourselves and to know who we are going towards we need to understand that this is not just somebody that we just rush into his room, but rather we go in with reverence. We enter into the presence of God with humility, but we come with faith and we come with hope and we come with the desire for his love. So our first scripture that we want to find is in Isaiah. Isaiah in the Old Testament is after Psalm, which Psalm is right in the middle of the Bible, and Isaiah is after that. If you're using one of the Bibles that was um, was given to you from, um, that was on the paperback Bibles, it's either on page 477 um, or 475, I believe. But Isaiah, chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. And I'll read it, and you can follow along. Isaiah, chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. In the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord, seated on a throne, high and exalted. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they called to one another, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. This is the way in which we are to enter into the presence of God. This is the way in which we approach God each day. We recognize his holiness. We recognize his greatness beyond our ability to fully comprehend as if we are going into the chamber of the most almighty God, the most almighty King. And as we even enter into it, there's so much power in the room. The room seems to be shaking. And there are voices calling out the wonders of God and of his holiness. And there are other beings there, angels, so glorious that we can hardly imagine them now. And in the words of God, we are waiting and waiting and waiting because we are too afraid to speak because he is so great. But as we wait and as we listen, we also recognize ourselves and who we are. And we feel our own weakness. We feel our own weakness. We feel our own brokenness. We realize we truly are not worthy to stand before the king. And so we fall to the ground. And we bow our heads. And we close our eyes. And we hope we are not destroyed. Because we recognize ourselves in the most holy of places. It will be a mirror to us of who we truly are. And Isaiah recognized this. And he speaks for us when he says, I am a man of unclean lips. And Jesus says, what comes out of the lips is what has been in your heart. And so it's another way of saying, I'm a man of an unclean heart. And I live among a people of unclean hearts, for I've seen the Holy One. And so we are recognizing within ourselves our brokenness. And yet God is inviting us. And so we stay and we wait. And we realize we are not destroyed, but invited. And so we come to God, and as we approach him, we are now ready now to appropriately present myself to him. If we went on in the story, we'd see that Isaiah was healed, and that God forgave his sin, and that God began to heal his heart, and that Isaiah knew that God, as great as he was, still accepted him. And so we, too, knowing this through the hope of Jesus, we come secure in God's love, We come secure in God's grace. We've acknowledged our weaknesses. We've acknowledged our sin, but we remember Jesus' love. We remember Jesus' mercy. We remember Jesus' love and care for us. We present ourselves to him. And then, as the third part of approaching God, we have bowed, we have presented, and now we invite We invite God's presence into our lives. And we can do this with the simplest of prayers by saying, dear Lord, please, please speak to me through your word and through the Holy Spirit. Speak to me, Lord, for I am listening. And this is the second part of our approaching after we've approached God. And that is that we are listening to God. Advent is a time of quiet listening. Advent is a time where we think about our beginning. We think about Jesus' beginning, but we also think about the world's beginning. Advent is a time where we look not only to the past, to the beginning of all time, but also we lean forward and we look to the future of a second Advent. And it's interesting that the first book of the Bible and the first two chapters of the Bible are very similar to the last two chapters of the Bible. And so what God had wanted in Genesis chapter 1, we see fulfilled in Revelation chapter 21 and 22. Open your Bibles to the first book of the, of the Old Testament. That will be easy to find. Genesis 1.1. So these two verses that we're going to look at now are easy to find because one's at the very beginning, one's at the very end. Genesis 1.1. And these are very familiar verses to us. So either say them from memory or let's read them together out loud. Genesis 1 verse 1. Let's begin. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Say with me the first four words. In the beginning, God. No matter where we are, every day is a new beginning. And every beginning begins with God. And this is a sign of hope for us. God is here in our beginnings. He is continuing with us. And he is the one who created everything we see, the heavens and the earth. He is our creator. He is our God. He is our Lord. He is the one who made us and understands us like no one else. And we live in a world that is falling apart. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. But we also know at the end of time, as we see here at the beginning of our time, the creation of the world. At the end of our time, there is another creation. So we turn to the last book of the Bible, Revelation. And the second to last book, chapter of the the last book, chapter 21, verse 1. Revelation Chapter 21, verse 1. The Bible says there, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth has passed away. In Genesis, we see the beginning of the earth and of the heavens. And in Revelation, we see the beginning of a new heaven and a new earth. And what that means is that you and I are living between these two beginnings We are living between the beginning and the end. And as we listen to God, he speaks to us, and he speaks to us most loudly through Jesus. And through Advent, we begin to understand the coming of God into our time so that we might know him and that we would respond to him in such a way that as we hear him, we would know his truth to us. Advent is a time for us to turn to God. It is a time of humility and of wonder. It is a time when we recognize as Isaiah who we are, but also as Isaiah we recognize the greatness of God and all of his power and all that he gives, and we are filled with wonder. Turn with me to the fourth book of the New Testament, John. John chapter 1. And we'll see another beginning. John chapter 1. And if you're using one of the Bibles that was passed out, it's on page 739 or 736. John chapter 1. And after you find it, we'll read it together verses 1 through 3. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Let's begin. In the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. We see here the same words that we've seen in Genesis. In the beginning, God. Genesis 1. Here, in the beginning, the Word. And the Word was God. And the word is Jesus coming into our lives. Jesus is the agent of creation, as the Bible tells us there. Through him, the word of God, and we'll see later, this is Jesus. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. That Jesus was there at creation. Jesus is creating the things of this world. And Jesus created the beauty that was there in Eden. The beauty that was in the garden. And in that garden, when Jesus created it and when God was there, the Bible tells us that God walked with Adam. God walked with Eve. It's the desire of God to walk with the sons of Adam and the daughters of Eve, to walk with you and walk with me. Once you started to imagine, imagine the Garden of Eden, what do you think it would have looked like? Just try to imagine what would it have looked like? What colors would you have seen? Can you try to imagine the air and what it might have smelled like? No smog. The air was beautiful and clear, and the sky. Can you imagine what you would smell or the taste? That everything would be perfect, everything would be delicious. Everything would be pleasing. And most of all, that there was God there. And you could have intimacy with him. And you could be with him all the time. And God wants us to want this. And Advent is this time that we have humbly come before God. We are listening to him and he's telling us of his wonder and of his love for us. He's telling us that he will bring us the things in life that we need. He tells us that he will bring us light and he will bring us life. Look at verses 4 and 5 of John chapter 1, just right after what we read. I read it. In him was life and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Advent is a time of light. It is a time for those who believe and those who will receive a time of receiving the light in the darkness. A time of receiving life in a time when there is so much death around us. Advent is a time of light that shines even though there is hurt, even though there is pain, even though there is sin. God wants us to know that he's here to redeem the brokenness that we feel. He's here to put all things right. He's here so that we can identify with him in the light, even though there's darkness. We want God to come in the midst of our world. I think it's very obvious to us that our world's in trouble. We see so many broken things in the world. We've just gone through a a very tumultuous Election and it's still continuing in our world. There's so much going on in, in our world that, that, that is hurtful to other people. There's hate, there's disrespect, there's anger, there's violence, there's war. And Jesus comes into this kind of darkness to bring his light. He brings himself. How many of us would decide, you know what, I think I'd like to leave the comforts here of Irvine, and I think I'll go over to, let's say, how about the border of Iraq and Turkey? That sounds like a really good place to go. And I think I want to go there because I want to go and help people there, because they're hurting. There's refugees there. There's ISIS there. There's danger there. There's death there. Who wants to go there? Well, I have some friends that like to go there. And they just recently came back and they've gone there at times when it's extremely dangerous. Where the United States says, of all the places in the world you don't want to go, you don't want to go there. And they go there because they are believers in Jesus. And they want to share the light of Jesus with the refugees that are there. And they put their lives on the line and they risk it. They could be killed, they could be hurt, they could be kidnapped but they choose to go to give the light of Jesus into a dark and difficult place. Where did they ever get that idea from? Why would they do that? Why would you do that? Why would we? I mean, We're we going to go to Mexicali. That's really safe, right, in comparison. God wants us to follow the example of Jesus. Imagine, he got out of his throne in heaven. That was perfect. He was in the place of absolute glory and joy and no pain. But he came into the darkness. He came to the people who desperately needed him. The Jewish people were longing for their Messiah. They were under persecution. They were being killed. They had a history of being ransacked and taken away from their land. Their families destroyed. Their lives broken up. They yearned for their Messiah to come and to redeem them. And we are now like them. We look into our world and we see so much that is lost. And we want to be found in it by God. And so God says, okay, I will come. And in John chapter 1, verse 14, we see this coming. Where it says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Another translation would say that he pitched his tent with us. Jesus came to be with us in the darkness. And he brought his light and we yearn for this. And though he came over 2,000 years ago, he went back to heaven. And after he went back to heaven, his people went out into this dark world and they continue to try to share the light But the darkness seems to continue to grow. And we here, we are waiting. We are waiting now for the light to come back. We're waiting for Jesus to come back. And so Advent is not only a time of light in the darkness, it's also a time of waiting. It's a time of waiting. But it's also a time of enlarging. We are enlarging our faith in God. In your outline, You'll see um, this. I will print out the scriptures that aren't in the New International Version. And so this one is taken from the Message Version of the Bible. And you have it there in your outline. And it's Romans chapter 8, verses 22 through 25. And I'll read it and you can follow. But it talks about our waiting. And it talks about what happens while we are waiting. Because we are in a difficult time. And we want help. We want redemption. We need Jesus to show up. And here in Romans chapter 8, we can understand better what it means to wait and what happens during that time. All around us, we observe a pregnant creation. The difficult times of pain throughout the world are simply birth pains. But it's not only around us, it's within us. The Spirit of God is arousing us within We're also feeling the birth pangs. These sterile and barren bodies of ours are yearning for full deliverance. That is why waiting does not diminish us any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. We are enlarged in the waiting. We, of course, don't see what is enlarging us. But the longer we wait, the larger we become. And the more joyful our expectancy Do you see the picture that Paul is painting there in Romans? He is comparing each of our lives when we have Jesus within us to the life of a pregnant mother. And she is getting bigger by the day. She's growing and there's life within her. And she yearns for that baby to come out. And as the time gets closer, the desire gets greater. And just like that for us, as we go through difficult times, our desire and our longing is even greater. And that God would want us to wait, and at the same time, we are waiting and we are patient. We are growing in Jesus. We are turning to Him so that what He promises to bring us, we will ultimately receive. And the birth that will happen when that time comes, that Paul's talking about in Romans chapter 8, will be the heavens that we're talking about in Revelation chapter 21 that when Jesus returns and we will be with him and we will be in heaven, we will have been birthed out of pain into ultimate life where there's no more pain. Let's look at this in Revelation chapter 21, verses two through four. Revelation 21, verses two through four. I saw... The holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eye. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. The old order of things has passed away. God is promising us this new life, this new home, this place where there will be peace forever, prosperity forever, where there will be no more hurts. In the book, Living the Christian Life, the author Bobby Gross says this about Revelation 21. This is what our ultimate home will be like. No roiling sea-like chaos. No pain or cancer or depression. No death or wrenching losses. No crime, racism, hunger, or poverty. No wars between nations or clashes of cultures. Doesn't that seem to describe our world today? Chaos, pain, disease, depression, loss, crime, racism, hunger, poverty, wars, clashes, of cultures, and all that will end. And God wants us to yearn for that time. Bobby Gross continues, and he says, because the God of glory will make his home among us, we will enjoy once again that unrestricted intimacy with our creator. We will drink Deeply from the river of life and eat freely from the tree of life. The Lamb of God will be our king, and in some fashion we will reign with him. Imagine, imagine, and long for that day. Imagine what it will be like. We imagine the Garden of Eden as it was so many centuries and eons ago. And now God says, I want you to imagine what it'll be like in heaven. I want you to imagine what it'll be like where there's no more pain, where there's no more suffering, where there's no more death, where there's no more chaos. And he says, I invite you to begin to receive this even now by faith. I invite you to invite me to come into your life. And so we've heard the voice of God speaking to us through his word and through his spirit. And so now the third thing that we do is we respond to God. We respond to him. And we respond to him in such a way that we accept the invitation that he gives to us. In Revelation chapter 22, verse 12 and 13, Jesus says, Behold, I am coming soon. My reward is with me. And I will give everyone according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning. And the end. And he is the end that has no ending. He is the end that has every day a new beginning. And so we respond to God by imagining what it it will be like to be there with him forever and forever. And we want this Advent. We want this Christmas. We want this to be the time that we are preparing our hearts And we are saying every day this simple three-word prayer, Come, Lord Jesus. Would you say that with me? Come, Lord Jesus. Say it one more time. Come, Lord Jesus. I want you to remember those words whenever you have a moment of great joy or great hurt this coming week. There's a simple prayer at the closing of the outline. And it says this, Renew in me this day, O Lord, the hope of the new heaven and earth in which you will reign in light and we will live in peace. May your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. This is our prayer. And I encourage you this week to continue to walk with Jesus each day And as you see all the hustle and bustle of Christmas, stop and say, no, I don't just want Christmas. I want Advent. Come, Lord Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time that you allow for us the things of God. You speak to us of what is real and of what is true and of what is eternal and what is lasting. You don't promise to us, Lord, something that we'll just receive one day and toss away the next. But you promise to us the things that will never end and the things that ultimately we already want. The hope, the healing, the love, the joy. Lord, we look to this Advent season and we look to the nativity of Jesus coming and we want there. We want to be there. We want to be with Jesus. We want to be with our King. We want to be with our Lord. So we pray, come. Come, Lord Jesus.
0: Amen. We're going to continue worshiping the Lord together. I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward and uh, collect the offering. And if you filled out that welcoming card. You can just drop it in the basket as it goes by. Mm. Let's sing this together Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. Come
1: Thou Long expected jesus born to set thy people free from our tears and sins release us let us by Bye.
4: Would you join me in prayer and as we bow our heads, and if you would like, just raise your hands as we receive from the Lord his benediction. Heavenly Father, we come to you, and we need you so much. And with arms upstretched and outreaching to you, we imagine, Lord, that you reach back to us. And in the promise of Advent, you are coming. You are coming and we shall embrace. And so, Father, we pray that in these weeks we would so enjoy this season of Advent as we hear the hymns and even as we shop and even as we plan, that we would do so with joy and peace and rhythm and hope of sharing the love of Jesus with one another. And so, Father, we pray that you indeed would come. Come to us, Lord Jesus. And even as we go, go with us, Lord Jesus. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God our Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forever and ever. Amen and amen. God bless your day.